0: Welcome back to your favorite tech podcast, AppLosophy Weekly. I'm your host, Bram Shank, and let's get started. What to expect from iPad this March? MacBook Pro may regain crucial ports Apple Pay launches in Mexico, and much, much more. Stay tuned for a brand new segment toward the end of the show called Get to Know the Pro. We're going to get to know Will today. But first, let's touch base with the one, the only, Mr. Will Segment. He'll be helping us unwrap the tech of today. How are you doing, Will?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's great to be back.
0: You looking forward to the March event?
1: Uh, what March event? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. That's actually... Our first story for today, so famed leaker, Mark Gurman, dropped in on Twitter, and he said, spoiler alert, this March 16 event that you guys are all looking forward to, spoiler alert, it's not happening. So everyone was in a frenzy and then said, oh my God, maybe it's just going to be a plus release, there's no event, oh my God, what's going on? Then Mark Gurman hops in and clarifies and tweets back at Apple Track, who was reporting on this rumor that... There is, in fact, not a March event at all. And he says there will be a March event, just not on the 16th. Mm. So let's break it down, Will. There's only five Tuesdays in March.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how do you know it's on a Tuesday, though? They've done events not on a Tuesday before.
0: We're assuming, we're just, just for the for the liberty of this, we're assuming that it's going to be the classic Apple event on a Tuesday. Okay. So assuming we run with that. It can't be the second because we've all, we would have already had an invitation by now, mm-hmm. so it's not the second. Could be the ninth. It's not the sixteenth. So skip over that. It's either, so it's either the ninth, the twenty third, or the thirtieth. You want to place your bet? Well,
1: um, it's definitely if it's going to happen, it's going to be uh, the twenty third or the thirtieth. Um, I'm going to go with the thirtieth because how close is that to earnings
0: very close
1: (laughs) i don't know uh so first of all there's that and then the reason why i say it's going to be one of the latter two dates is um as a beta tester uh 14.5 uh betas are currently in um testing and The first beta came out three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. second beta came out last week. And so if it follows the pattern um, to be ready for a general release, um, it will be late March because first of all, the first first two betas, I I know the first beta was buggy for me and the second beta has been buggy for others. Uh, Not as much for me, but it sounds like um, they're going to need that (laughs) <laughs> that extra time to uh, to kind of come out with some more iterations of fourteen point five, but it does include a lot of things, including new emojis and things like that. But
0: lots of exciting stuff in the new betas. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, Will. Because we we take a look, there was a report by Digitimes earlier this week. Not only would this line up with the betas, like you said, but it says a company called Enostar will start the production of mini LED. Reportedly for Apple at the end of the first quarter of 2021. So this has to be leaning towards the end of March. Usually Apple will release the iPad and then a week and a half, two weeks later, we're able to buy it. So that kind of lines up with the production rumors of these mini LED screens that the new iPad is supposed to get. Yeah. So that kind of lines up as well. So we're officially placing our bets on the 23rd.
1: So I was leaning more towards the 30th. But you know what, after after saying what you just said, that actually, it, it does make more sense because they can say that they got whatever X product or products out in Q1 if they were to like, you know, announce it on the 23rd and then give a couple days, you know, or maybe even a week and say, hey, this is going on sale on the last day of March. Or whatever, they could still say it's in it's in Q1.
0: So on the subject of these new iPads that are rumored for March, what are you looking to see for this new iPad? Well, what's going to be game changing for your workflow? What do you really want out of an iPad?
1: You know, that's a good question. Um, I would have told you something different probably a month ago, a month and a half ago. Uh, and so for me, my workflow is I have a a desktop set up in my office, which is kind of like my... It's the base station. Rec room, man cave, whatever (laughs) you want to call it. Uh, Exactly. Um, And so, you know, I use it for both work and personal. Uh, It is my own computer. uh, And so um, I've had iMac, Mac Mini, and now a MacBook Pro kind of set up. But all of them have been uh, in a desktop environment, right? So at a desk with two monitors, blah blah blah. And typically um my brain works very well with having a specific place to come and either work or do certain tasks in my office and then using my iPad more for leisure and I I typically keep my iPad like in the living room so if I'm like, you know, watching T V or something casual uh, with, with my wife or just hand, hanging out in there. Um, I'll do more of like my fun stuff on the iPad, even though occasionally I will use it for more, more pro stuff. like I've used it for video editing before, and I've used it for photo editing before. Um, so I'm glad that it <laughs> does that. But uh, I believe, like you, I recently got the Oculus Quest 2 and Mm-hmm. A big a big proponent of what I used the iPad for before was using it to consume media, YouTube, uh, shows, movies, whatever. When, like, my wife is using the big TV or, you know, maybe I want to stay up a little bit later and she wants to go to sleep and I don't want to bother her. Um, and with the Oculus, that's kind of all shifted to that because I can lay comfortably in like in any, any kind of position and the screen is always in front of my eyes and it doesn't bother my wife because you know it's all encompassed in the uh the headset.
0: Do you use headphones with Oculus? I do. What kind? AirPods Pro. Of course you do. Do you use Air Do you use do you, have, do you have to use AirBuddy for that?
1: No. It's a so it's an experimental feature and all you have to do is go to the settings in the Oculus and enable it.
0: You taught me something new today because I thought, I, I thought I'm not even going to open that can of worms because I probably need the 12 South thing, the little Air Buddy dongle. They didn't work on the first gen.
1: I, I actually got that dongle, uh, the new one, and just returned it because um, I thought that it wasn't going to work correctly uh, with another pair of headphones. I actually didn't try the, the pros first on it i tried another like third party and I realized I smacked my head because I was I was uh, connecting it to the Bluetooth low energy and not the actual Bluetooth. And that was why the audio wasn't coming out. But uh, oh. <laughs> I've tested I have coincidentally had my hands on several different earbuds. Um, I, you know, I kind of come back to the airpods pro in the end but all of them uh any i think anyone that has like 5.0 bluetooth will work beautifully with the oculus
0: that's interesting i'm gonna try that on my end so it kind of sounds like the the ipad for you is primarily an entertainment system
1: it is i would say definitely more than not
0: oh yeah so me i'm on a completely different end of the spectrum I I kind of, my iPad is like my workhorse. I'm getting to know the Mac. I'm falling in love with the Mac again. Um, My last Mac that I had before my M1 was like a 2011 Air. So it was kind of just like casually watch YouTube videos, the occasional thing that I need to do on Chrome, on Google Chrome, I would go to that laptop. But other than that, my iPad was everything. I mean, I got the Magic Keyboard, everything. This was my primary computer. And, and so I've gotten really used to taking notes that Apple Pencil and editing photos, with Apple Pencil, um, video, photo, all these different things, complete graphic design suite, Photoshop, Pixelmator, all that. So I'm kind of now that I have the M1 Mac, I'm kind of getting back into the swing of the Mac workflow. And now that my Mac feels so much more powerful than my iPad, I find myself reaching for the Mac for real work and, and watching videos and things more and more on just the iPad but then there's certain things on the iPad where I need the precision of the pencil and it's so portable and so light and so compact that I enjoy taking my iPad more places than I would take my Mac. So it's kind of this, this weird iPad kind of has this unique place in my workflow right now because I'm finding things that I like about the Mac, but there's so many things that just are so in my mind, feel like they're built for an iPad. (laughs) Like I can't imagine drawing on a macbook i can't imagine designing something for my clients on a macbook and so i always go and and grab the ipad um interestingly enough i've gotten so used to installing fonts on the ipad um so i have all these inconsistencies because there's no icloud for for fonts so i have fonts that are on my ipad and not on my mac and i have trouble converting them and things like that so everything graphic design i still reach for the ipad (laughs) I really wish they would bring uh, fonts to iCloud. Yeah. So, but so for me, I feel like iPad makes mundane tasks fun, and the MacBook kind of just makes the mundane feel fast. <laughs> if, if that makes sense.
1: That's a that's a that's a great way to put it. And uh, before it escapes my mind, I have a pro tip for you. Uh, something that I recently did and it's proving to be useful uh, and it's change your downloads folder to uh, your iCloud drive set all of your browsers on all of your devices to point to that folder and then all your downloads will be synced with all your devices so that at least like if you downloaded a font like that um, you could easily not have to do an extra step to to migrate it um
0: yeah that's a really good pro tip and you throw it down in the dock yes exactly that's nice
1: so you just have to make sure to change all the um the browsers but you can totally do that on all ipad iphone um and mac uh on any browser that you're using so
0: i feel like i waited so long to get the right mac because i was so in love with the ipad to me I would look at a Mac and go there's no reason for that. You know, I do all that I need to do on my iPad. I was I was kind of I had this aversion to getting a new Mac because I just looking at the Intel processors that were there at that time, it was just all I saw were the drawbacks. Uh the 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 fan noise, how how hot the machine would get, it just just the thermal throttling that we were seeing, and I just thought, well, my iPad doesn't do any of that. This is ridiculous. And and so I I was just hanging on to my iPad and then I felt like Apple Silicon, the M1, was like the turning point for me. And I thought, I need to get in on the Mac now. This is where the Mac's getting exciting again. And, and, and with Big Sur, we saw in Big Sur, they took a lot of the exciting things from an iPad and brought it to the Mac, like the control center, um lots of widgets and things. So that kind of intrigued me. That's what brought me back to the Mac. But it, it's it's interesting because... We hear all these different things that are supposed to come with a new iPad, and a lot of people are calling this update lackluster. They're saying that, you know, we're wanting more from an iPad. It's rumored to receive uh, a beefed-up version with more memory, better graphics of the A14 chip that's found in the iPad Air and iPhone 12 and 12 Pro series, but aside from an improved processor and a mini-LED mini LED screen, um, that's, that's all we're hearing right now. Is, is there one key feature will that, that that would make you feel like oh my god I need to run out and buy this right away
1: you know it, I mean truly it's it's funny you ask I was I, I was literally thinking about this last night uh, drying the dishes <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I, I I know that's like specifically in random but uh, I was like you know I am a uh, I'm a big uh, FOMO guy when it comes to Apple products, and uh, my old podcast co-host slash friends will um, laugh uh, at me because they know that no matter how much I say X thing would make me get it or not get it, I usually end up getting it anyway. Um, So to answer that question off off the cuff, I can't think of anything that would necessarily enhance my my day-to-day workflow as it stands currently um if you had told me about the mini led before the oculus i would have said that might help push me because of how much media i consume on it before like 4k hdr you know, those those things that I frequently have, like either streaming services, like, you know, I have HBO Max and yeah. Disney Plus and Netflix, and I have all of those. Um, I have a couple of OLED TVs that I take advantage of those things on them, and it would be cool to take advantage of that on, you know, my other device. But I think it would depend on the price and the differences, um, but... I, before we move on from the topic I do want to mention that while um, I'm more of a casual user at this point than you are uh, my wife Cassie is actually gone the other way uh, she uh, I so she's always really enjoyed coloring for like relaxation um, and so she uh, you know she likes to do uh, coloring puzzles and Legos and things like that she's very. She, you know, she likes to have, like, a creative outlet where she kind of can kind of focus on one thing but also, like, watch a show or whatever. And so um, a long time ago, uh, I was like, hey, look, you know, you have the iPad, the older iPad. I'm going to get you the Pro because you can use the, the pencil second generation. At that point, was the only one. And I think you're really going to like it. And I got her, uh, what's the... Um, What's the covering that makes it feel like paper? Like, I got her paper. Yeah, I got yeah. her one of those. It's a screen protector. Yeah, it's a screen protector, but it also makes it feel like you're writing on paper, and so like it feels like you're actually coloring on, you know, paper. And so she would she downloaded several like adult coloring, um, big pattern type of things. Loves doing that. But during the pandemic, uh, it shifted where she was working from home. Uh, more frequently, and she is at this point, she's back in the the classroom. Uh, but they still have these, uh, what they call asynchronous days. And, um, I think they're gonna have those sprinkled throughout the rest of the year. And that just means typically, uh, she can, she can either go into school or work from home, you know, depending on what the teachers feel like doing. And they don't have students that day. But, um, she has this particular app, and I can't remember it. Oh man, I I know I know the name of it, but she grades. Now that the students are are uh, submitting work digitally, she's grading it digitally, and wow. she's writing comments and things like that, uh, just like a real paper. And it's so, so you can efficient. annotate
0: with the pencil. Yeah, totally. Uh, As yeah. a teacher, that's like groundbreaking.
1: It, it is, and so she's absolutely. In fact. My little dog chewed up not one, but two of our apple pencil twos,
0: oh no, uh,
1: and she was at a point where she told me she's like i need I need another apple pencil because like she was relying on on grading that way because it was so much faster, yeah, so much easier than trying to pull it up on the mac
0: see and that's that's one of the scenarios perfectly, what you just described there that that really eclipses a computer so to speak. Yes. It, it's one of those things where th- that kind of work can only be done on an iPad. And the one, the, the turning point for me was, you know, in quarantine, I started my own business from home and I started taking on these new projects and, you know, had, having to encode, you know, hours of video, uh working on projects in final cut pro. I needed something that was a step up from the iPad. Um, as far as power and M one was exactly what I was looking for. So that, that was the turning point that, that officially made me buy a Mac. Other than that, I would, have, I would have never bought a Mac. I would have never upgraded my 2011 machine because it was just, just enough to get on the internet and do what I needed to do in Google Chrome once in a blue moon. But, I mean, my workhorse is the iPad. I have the, the most powerful MacBook Pro you can buy right now, and I still find myself reaching for the iPad because it's so delightful to use. And, you know, I remember... Uh, back on stage when Steve Jobs showed off email for the first time, he, he looked up at the screen. And he said, look how delightful this is. I'm touching the messages. And I feel like over the years, iOS hasn't lost that. I love that. I love instead of just clicking keys and bouncing through my mail, I feel like because I'm doing it with my fingers, it's fun. It's, it's stimulating. I'm working with something. I feel like I'm touching the materials. I'm not working through a trackpad. Um, and the trackpad on the Magic Keyboard is great when I need that precision, maybe when I'm resizing something in Photoshop on the iPad. So I do have that uh, when I'm working in the dark, the backlight on the Magic Keyboard is really handy. So it's interesting because I purchase all these accessories to make it more like a computer, but my favorite part about the iPad is that it's not a computer.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm I, same. I get what you're trying to say because, yeah, I really love my um, my Magic Keyboard as well. With the trackpad and yet you're right it's more of the it's more of like i think you said it best it makes mundane things feel fun um and that really is the way i feel in a nutshell it's the easiest way i can phrase it and um you know i'm gonna maybe date myself a little bit here but one of my most favorite days uh ever when i was working for apple retail was april 3rd 2010 was uh, the day that the iPad launched? That day, it was like it was electric in the I store. Feel the energy. Um, and I, I didn't think I would want one. And then, of course, I saw one, and five minutes later, <laughs> I was asking to, uh, to get one on like my break or whatever. Um, but my mom, ma- I remember my mom and a couple of my family members came in that day. 'Cause I think they just wanted like see the hype and everything. And I grabbed one from the back and I'm like, Look, look at how you can read a book and I, like I would just move the page. Remember how well, did you have a first page? Yeah, iBooks
0: where you could Yeah. Yeah, where you could turn the yeah, page. Yeah, and that
2: was like so crazy at the time. But to see it transform from where it was then to where it is now is is pretty impressive. Specifically the fact that it, it jumped that much in less than a decade.
0: Well, it it's interesting because for me, uh my first experience with an iPad was I, w- I was, you know, I was 10 years old and my my mom bought one and she brought it home and you know, the App Store was kind of silly at that point. There was just a few coloring games and you know, things like that. So she showed me she she gave it to me and she said, I'll "Check this out, you can draw with your finger." And I had seen an iPhone, you know, obviously beforehand at that point. But it amazed me because I placed my finger down on the screen and I just kept dragging. Mm-hmm. And it felt kind of, for a moment, it just felt like this limitless I know. piece of technology, this little window into a new reality. And I just remember that feeling of my, I kept dragging my finger and I'm like, wait, it's it's this large. The whole thing can sense what I'm touching. And, and I just, you know, I remember drawing smiley faces and little stick people and just going, wow, this is this is kind of cool. And as a little kid, I thought like, well, the coolest thing you could do on this is watch YouTube. Um, Obviously, that's changed a lot. Hey, I
2: still still think it's pretty cool to watch YouTube on iPad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I definitely spend way too many hours doing that, even today. But I remember specifically because uh, I, I was homeschooled. And at that point, you know, my mom was was very interested in the iPad. She was she was she was downloading every new app they had. Everything having to do with you know PDF editing, uh, you know text editing, word document, all the stuff. She's playing with everything, and she starts to realize just how intuitive this is. And one day, uh, we get in the car, and I don't know where we're heading, and we we pull up to the Apple Store, and my mom buys an iPad. And I'm thinking, oh, it's for my dad, my dad probably. And she says, no, this is yours. And boy, was I ecstatic. And she said, you're going to use it for school. She goes, you can have, you know, some games on it or whatever, but you're going to use it for school. It's going to be groundbreaking for school. And I thought, well, like, mom, you know, I already have a laptop. What am I going to do? Am I going to do real work on an iPad? You know, I I know there's games and stuff on there. But she found so many different resources. I mean, I was working out math problems with my finger. They had so many different apps where, you know, you could plug in different variables and it would work out the problem in front of you. They had uh, calculators. They had, you remember the MyScript calculator? There's an app called MyScript and you could draw numbers in and they would morph into textual numbers and then it would work out the problem. Different things like that that really helped me visualize um, certain concepts. And, and so it, it was huge and th- this is before they had uh, like dedicated keyboards for it you had to buy like the Mac keyboard yeah um but i i did all my my homework assignments literally since second grade in the pages app on an ipad so wow i mean ipad was huge re- ipad was like ingrained in my childhood as this indispensable device that that helped me do everything i mean i i bought a i bought one of those rudimentary styluses for it before there was an apple pencil I had all my notes in there. When I went to turn in homework assignments, I would just print them out. And and it really helped me because, of course, I was a little ADD. So I could organize all my documents on the iPad. I never, I could never lose anything. It's kind of like that that quote with Steve Jobs about the Macintosh, you know, where he's showing it to people for the first time. And he says, go ahead, play with it. There's no way you can break it. Yeah. And it, and it was one of those things where, Quite literally, I didn't have to worry about breaking it. I couldn't lose anything. I had all my assignments and folders, and and so for me it was kind of just like now that I've had this experience with the iPad, I can't imagine any other way of doing things. And so I've I've really been uh, a tablet first kind of guy for the majority of my life. I I don't I don't relate. It's funny I say it. I don't relate to laptops, <laughs> but I feel more at home on a tablet. And that's
2: fascinating.
0: Yeah, iPad has just been this 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 device for me that, that transcends any other experience I've had with a computer. It just feels at home for me.
2: Yeah. No, I, you know, I, that, that is really interesting to hear from, cause yeah, I'm a little bit older than you. So my, uh, my friend group didn't have that experience. And I think we're just getting to a point where people, who kind of grew up with it like you are getting to a point where you can kind of express yourself like you are right now you know past high school and and, and things like that where you really
0: have well, they call us the iGen. yeah i mean it, it, it,
2: i never really thought about it like that but um i do sometimes think about like my my wife's students um and how they kind of grew up in that world but i guess you're one of the first generations of of students to really have that from an early age and you know I probably would have very much related to you had it come out you know when I was that age too um but for me it didn't come out till later um but that being said um I you know I there's a lot of things that I really like and purposefully try and do on my iPad. And I'm I'm sure we kind of need to wrap this topic up (laughs) because we've been going on about it.
0: There's not too many stories for today, so (laughs) we're having having a good time talking about iPad. All right,
2: well, so the computer—I am a computer-first guy, but I'm a very open-minded person, too. And so, you know, even for me having gone from no computer, (laughs) period, for a while— to being in a uh, the fir- I was really the first generation with computers. Um, we started using computers in first grade for me, and um, that was a really interesting kind of experience to have that throughout my life. Yeah, um, just like you know, tablets were for you, but these days, uh, I find that a lot of productivity apps that I had, I don't have control over. In other words, I work for a company that says this is what you can use Um, and that's fine by all means but some of these products like Salesforce for example something that I'm in frequently every day they don't really have a great app where I can do and be as productive on a on a mobile device as I can be on a computer because I think you know just like me they were a computer first company um versus maybe in these days there are there are productivity apps that were tablet first which is great and they work great and if i had you know my own dictatorship as far as what i used and had my own business i guess and i was choosing and, and picking and choosing i think i would um i would choose more apps that were Not necessarily iPad-driven, but, like, universal. Whenever I'm picking a new app, personally, these days, one thing that is very important to me is that it works on all three of my devices, my Mac, my iPad, and my phone, because I probably split my time up uh, 35% on my computer, 35% on my phone, and maybe, well, probably 40% on my phone and, like, 30% on my um, iPad
0: you have to keep that continuity going. Yes. I think iCloud in its early days kind of spoiled us in that in, in a way because we come to expect that continuity from everything we use now. We want all our information to be on all our devices and we don't want to have to toggle it manually.
2: It's um it's funny because uh before do you remember MobileMe?
0: <laughs> oh MobileMe, yes.
2: So, and then before that it was not Mac and then by th- before that, I think it was the iTools.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: something like that. And that was, like, the metamorphosis of it. But anyway, MobileMe was out the majority of the time that I was working at Apple. And because of what you just said, because I personally saw all the benefit of it, and I am like, why wouldn't anybody want this? Not just, at that point, they weren't expecting it. Uh, now we're in a society that does. But um, my goal was, like, Look how awesome this was and at one point and there weren't a lot of believers in mobile me like I believed in it at, at the time um, and I had like my little strategies on selling it or whatever but <laughs> I think at one point they they told me like I was number three in the US uh, for mobile me sales because like I was just so I believed in it so much um, and it's interesting to see how that morphed.
0: Just to clarify, so mobile me, if I'm correct, was contacts, email, and what else? There's a third one. Uh, there was calendars and calendar, um,
2: and there was iDisk, which was you know pre iCloud Drive. Um, I'm trying to think, I think
0: notes maybe too. And why account? do you think it got such a bad rap?
2: Because it wasn't reliable. Oh, man, dude, I, I have a, a terrible but crazy story. So one time I had, I, there are several customers that I probably saw in the hundreds of thousands of people when I worked there, right? So I was there for about five years. Yeah. And just people were flowing in and out. But there are maybe 50-ish customers that i can kind of pinpoint and think of either because they came in all the time or because the experience was either so great or so (laughs) gut-wrenching that it like stuck with me and so one time i had this this girl come in and she's probably probably about my age at that point um and so she's like maybe like in her early 20s and i think she she worked for like this record company or she was somehow involved with the record industry and so recording industry. And so, um, she needed a new phone. I think that's what the reason she came in. And uh, I hyped mobile me. I'm like, oh man, you know, <laughs> you got all these contacts. What year is this? Um, um this is it's probably 2010, 2009. Okay.
0: So, like Somewhere the iPhone 4 era.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, I'm like, oh, man, you have all these contacts. Like, she, she was iterating, like, my contacts are very important. Uh, and, like, she had some serious contacts in her phone. And I'm like, oh, that's great because you can back them up with MobileMe and blah, 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 blah. Oh, man. We uh <laughs> we turned on MobileMe on her new phone and all her contacts were gone. Oh. And not just that. It synced back to her other phone and wiped out on that phone, so her contacts—probably thousand plus—were oh. gone. And she she actually started to bawl, crying. Oh no! In front of me, I felt so Will. bad. I felt so <laughs> bad. It was it was um like I said, it was gut wrenching. because I, I don't like to make anybody upset, but like much yeah, for, less to uh-huh. have it be my kind of my fault. Um, Oh, oh man, it well. was terrible. What did
0: that Yelp review look like?
2: Mm, um, <laughs> mm, I, I, I don't, I never really looked at the reviews that we, we only uh, looked at net promoter scores internally. So <laughs> no, hopefully she didn't, she did not leave one. Um, but I, I could sit here and tell you all kinds of stories about oh. cool people weird people, celebrities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh during my time there, but maybe uh maybe if I join you again, I can tell you another fun story.
0: We should turn it into a segment, Will.
2: Maybe. I don't know.
0: Like I Will Will's wacky genius bar adventures.
2: Oh gosh, yeah. No, I was actually I was never uh I was never um a technician. I was always sales. So I was always front of house, which in a way like I was able to see from entry of the store, all like whoever was coming in. Now, I can say the actual geniuses at my store, they have some crazy stories too. Uh, and some ones that <laughs> I think I'm legally bound to not be able to say some of them, but Uh-oh. um, but we'll, we'll have, to, yeah, we'll have to see, yeah, you'll
0: we'll have to see what you can tell us, and maybe we'll turn it into a segment. Well, maybe we'll see <laughs> something for people to look forward to. Well, our next story comes from the one and only. John Prosser of Front Page Tech and he's saying redesigned iMacs are coming later this year. They were originally rumored to drop this summer around WWDC. He's saying it's later this year. And guess what, Will? They're coming in colors. Woo! Specifically. <laughs> specifically, the iPad Air colorways that include silver, space gray, green, sky blue, and a very pink rose gold. Now the main question is. What color would you get, Will? And now these are these are meant to play on the nostalgia of the original iMac, by the way, which came in iconic colors such as lime, strawberry, grape, blueberry, and, of course, tangerine.
2: So uh, that's a great question. First of all, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing Apple expanding their uh, offerings for their hardware products in different colors because... I think once they dip their toe in it and they actually commit to it, um, they, they're they doing this now for uh, the iPhone 12, the AirPods Max, uh, some of the MacBook Airs, um, you know, et cetera. And as they do more things, it's got to be just easier for them to do it for other stuff, right? Um, when it comes to accessories, I am more apt to be like, more fun, I guess, quote unquote, and colorful. Okay. So you can
0: more, more, more whimsical.
2: Yeah. And so uh, you you guys can't <laughs> see it right now, but I I have a pair of AirPods Max, and I got the the green color because I'm green's been my favorite color for a long time.
0: Matcha green.
2: Yes. Uh, and <laughs> and so like that's fun, right? And yeah. But for an actual machine, I looked at the colors. I think I would be more prone to getting a color if it were a portable machine. But for a, like, professional type machine, I think I would lean towards the silver or white, whatever, I guess it's silver.
0: Here's the question, though, Will. What does your heart tell you? Because I know your heart is somewhere between green and blue.
2: Oh, man, no. I, I don't really love the blue. And that it's not no? it's not that I don't think the blue is nice looking. I just, I have such a love for green these days mm-hmm. that uh, if I got if I got a blue thing, I would feel like I would be betraying green, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> Doing green wrong. Yes. I, my <laughs> heart definitely leans towards the blue. Um, funny funny enough, we actually had a comment uh, from a friend of the show, George Elias. And he, he, he's pretty prominent in the video editing, cinematography business. He does a lot of that. And he said, quote, I would be laughed out of Hollywood if I marched into an office with a rose gold iMac." <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta go with what you want, Will. Yeah. You think about what other people are. Look, gonna think
2: I always go back to the quote from Doctor Seuss, and that is, "Be who you are and say what you feel, because those who matter don't mind, and those who mind don't matter."
0: That's an excellent quote. We should have ended the show like that, Will.
2: Hey, I can, <laughs> I can sing, say it again, but uh, it's, Will, it's a mantra Will's that inspirational I inspirational quote of the
0: week. Yes, <laughs> I love that. I actually share my birthday with Dr. Seuss, March 2nd. March
2: 2nd, yeah, because my my cousin's uh, child was born on March 2nd, and we brought her Dr. Seuss book in the hospital. (laughs) Aww. Yep.
0: Prosser also outlined a number of additional details about the upcoming Mac Pro with Apple Silicon. Now, he's saying this is going to resemble something akin to the Power Mac G4 Cube. Um, It'll look like three or four Mac minis stacked on top of each other. So I I, want to kind of rewind back to the whole power Mac G four cube comparison, because this is, this product was kind of thought to be Steve jobs, baby in a way. It was kind of basically, if you read up on this, it was made for him. He didn't want something that was too flashy for the pros. He just wanted a casual yet powerful computer. And, Long story short, the computer kind of flopped. It was, you know, it wasn't exactly a home run. Um, People, the casual pros still thought that it was too expensive. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, again, we're talking about the Power Mac G4 Cube. Now, this is this is meant to invoke nostalgia. Mm -hmm. um, This new Mac Pro that we're supposed to see. Do you think a device like this would thrive today, given that the casual pro market? Is, is is sort of growing. This sector is growing a lot. Um, you've seen people with iPads, MacBook Airs, you know, starting businesses, doing professional work, renders, cinematography, all these different things. I think the casual pro market is a lot larger today, and they're willing to spend more. You look at something like the iPad Air, which starts at six hundred bucks, and more people are shelling out money for that than the budget three twenty nine dollar iPad. So, do you think this is a product that would survive today? well
2: uh, so that's a really good question. uh I would consider myself a casual pro, in that uh I dabble in video editing photo editing, I love photo editing just it's very cathartic for me and um uh you know, I've even dabbled in like you know audio editing with having my other podcasts and things like that. so you know time I can speed those things up, it's just really the speed. That, that mattered to me, right? So I would actually say, uh, I agree with you that the casual pro market has grown. However, I would say that the M1 chip is feeding that, that crowd, uh, in a way that I would not have imagined before it was announced. So had, had they not announced their own silicon, my answer to you would be yes, without a doubt. Now that they've done that and they've they've really brought those benchmarks. Look, I I traded in a, a very high end iMac because I was like peak twenty twenty. I was like I'm doing YouTube and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know take photos. I'm gonna like start my own photo business. Blah 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 blah. So I was doing all this like media stuff, and so um, and then that kind of like died off a little bit, uh, and I got a little bit burned out with all that. But okay. uh, at the same time, the M one was announced.
0: Yeah. And I'm like,
2: look, I, it sounds like basically like the things I was doing on this iMac, the reason I bought this iMac, I can do on like a Mac Mini or a MacBook Pro or even a, a, a MacBook Air, uh, for like a third of the cost. And so I sold the iMac for a good, a good pro, like, not profit, but like, it's it pretty break even, which is good because I only had it for like three months. Um, but, and then I got the M1 and sure enough, it feels that need and void for me. So that being said, what do you think? I mean, I like I said, I, I agree with you in some senses, but I have to consider that as well.
0: Well, I like that point that you made about M1 because, you know, and we've heard this echoed all over the tech community. People keep saying, you know, OK, these these M1 benchmarks are very impressive, but keep in mind we have so much more to look forward to because this is the lowest of the low end that we're ever going to see from Apple Silicon. Not only is it first gen, but it's it's in these machines where the the, the key takeaway is performance per watt. They're portable machines. They're smaller batteries. They're not desktops. And so you have these very power efficient machines that, that are often thought to be on the lower end. The 13-inch MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air are thought to be Apple's lowest-end com- computers, and yet with M1, the ceiling for what you can do is, is much higher than it used to be on Intel. So it, it kind of gives way to the casual pros. It kind of, it, it, the, when the ceiling's this high, if, if photo editing or video editing or graphic design, any of those things kind of pique your interest even 4 years from now if you own an M1 if you're interested in learning some of those things your computer is going to be able to handle it 4 or 5 years from now. So I I definitely think uh the casual pro market that that's a that's a sector that's that's growing um and it'll be interesting to see how this device does.
2: You know, I, I was thinking as you were talking just now um it almost is like cuz the G4 cube came out right early 2000s. Mhm. Like 2000 I don't know I don't want to get it wrong early 2000 let's just say it was about 20 years ago right since then I think the reason that the casual uh, pro market has grown so much is uh, in light of the software that has come out that has been made to be so user approachable that combined with uh, platforms like YouTube and, um, and just like the whole myriad of things that, that give you the ability as a uh, as an entrepreneur or you know one or two or a handful of people um, to reach a lot of people has changed a lot in the last twenty years, right? Definitely. So I think that's a large reason of why that base has grown. But uh, it took that long to kind of grow that, and I would say maybe even reset that market. And now on the flip side, we've reset the hardware market, mm-hmm. so it's almost feels like it's going to take five or ten more years to for both groups to be realized and for someone like me uh, to say, okay, I'm at a point now where uh, I feel like I would need X Pro Machine or whatever because I now know that it can do this, this, and this, right? Where somebody like MKBHD on YouTube he might be able to flex the power more immediately because he's doing things like filming in 8K, you know, and he's he's really pushing the boundaries of current hardware.
0: Just to fact check you on that, you were, you were correct. It was sold between 2000 and 2001. They only sold it for a year. It says, designed by Jonathan Ive, the cube was Apple's attempt to miniaturize a powerful desktop computer into a cube less than 8 inches to a side. Apple aimed at consumers between the iMac G3 and the professional power Mac G4. So this was positioned as a mid-range thing. Again, we keep talking about the casual pro. This was the 2020 iPad Air of that era. It's, I don't really want to buy the pro and I don't want to go totally budget. I just want something that's mid-range.
2: And and honestly, think about the market then, right? Uh, there was no YouTube. There was no social media at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like people couldn't just do it for like, to be, there was, there was no concept of an influencer, right? Exactly. An yeah. influencer was someone who was sick and got you sick. <laughs> and these days it has a much different meaning. Um, and so, you know, I just, uh, I, I think, like I said, there's a combination of so many different reasons of why that market has grown.
0: Yeah. Content creation alone it is just a booming industry, even if you're not, You know a a top-end influencer Um, We have you know families all over the world vlogging Doing different things photo editing. It's more popular now than ever
2: Yeah, and 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 that's just things become are becoming easier and more approachable At the same rate as which they are connecting people around the world. I mean sometimes I go on like for example like reddit and the the specificity of some of the subreddits out there. Oh, I'm yeah. like, how are there a thousand people that have black cats with one eye and they want to <laughs> talk about it? Right. I don't know. Like that just came to my mind, but there are so many pockets of people these days that you can almost make a business out of. If you know, if you have a niche market, it doesn't matter where they live. Like you can just do it. You know, so it's a lot different world than it was 20, 30 years ago.
0: Well, there's rumors that this year's MacBook Pro, the rumored 14 inch model, it's going to be an inch bigger on the screen. These new MacBook Pro models will feature the return of the HDMI port and SD card reader at launch. This is according to Ming Chi Ko. He's a notable leaker. Again, the return of the HDMI port and an SD card reader. People are losing their minds over this. Will, is this going to be game changing?
2: So, uh, I think the SD card is more important than the HDMI out. Okay. Um, and I say that as someone who, who uses SD cards, right. And, um, it became such, so I have a, a Sony camera and it has Wi-Fi capabilities and Bluetooth capabilities, but it is like, gouge your eyes out slow uh, if you try to transfer using that method, right? And so if you get a decent SD card, the speeds on those bad boys are going to be really fast and you're going to be able to, to to haul gigs of data like within seconds. And so at this point in time, I still think SD cards are prominent uh, and I still think they are relevant and having something physical to read them and the speed at which they do them versus wireless is is still prominent, which is why I think, you know, they would even consider doing something like this. And so for me, like any device that I have, uh I have a little thing dongle for my iPhone. I have a Caldigit T S three for my desktop here, or laptop desktop. And then I had I before I got a little dongle for my iPhone, I had gotten uh a little dongle for my iPad as well. So
0: Well it's interesting because anybody that's purchased a Mac within the last five years Ha, has become accustomed to the dongle life. That's what the kids are calling it, mm-hmm. the dongle life. Uh, you know, the hubs and, and cables that we have to carry mm-hmm. around. And, and and something as simple as an SD card is really just infuriating. It's kind of like, come on, it's 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 this big. It's the size of my thumb. You guys couldn't fit that in there? Why well, don't need to carry around a dongle that's twice the size just so I can jam in an SD card. And and you have uh, MacBook Pro is one of those things that's indispensable for a lot of photographers. And so an SD card is one of those things where it's like, come on, you couldn't fit that in there? And a lot of people are frustrated over that. But then also, Apple likes to usher in these new eras of technology by kind of forcing us to conform to their vision of whatever the future should be. And that vision was, of course, USB-C. Again, we all became accustomed to if you've purchased a computer within the last five or six years, everything's USB-C. So, now that you have all these dongles on hand, Apple's kind of admitting defeat and saying, hey, we messed up. Not only are we going to add the SD card reader back, but we're going to save your butt when you're in that presentation and (laughs) you need your HDMI cord back. Furthermore, this comes alongside other rumors saying that they're going to remove the touch bar entirely and add back the function keys. So, in many ways, these new MacBooks save for the Apple Silicon. Are going to be a total backpedal of the last five or six years, including Everything the keyboard. Everything
2: that's old is new again.
0: <laughs> including the keyboard, these computer these computers are back to the scissor mechanism. So, oh, really?
2: Wait, I didn't see that.
0: Yeah, there's rumors that it'll be back to the scissor scissor mechanism.
1: Oh, I don't know if I the like that. The chiclet
0: keys. <laughs> hmm. That's that's what they were calling it.
2: Before I mistakenly assume what you're saying, are we talking about like the like OG MacBook MacBook? Yeah, type it's key, going to like be a hybrid of ones? the
0: chiclet keys and the the scissor me- the refined scissor mechanism that we have now.
2: I'll I'll refrain judgment until I see, but I will just say the Magic Keyboard uh, standalone that I use day to day is definitely my favorite keyboard of all time. Whatever mechanism they have on that bad boy is, is perfect. That's a butterfly, that isn't
0: boy. it? I think it is. It's interesting because the standalone keyboards don't seem to suffer from the, the butterfly mechanism issues that all the laptops were having.
2: Yeah. I don't know, but um I uh I think the HDMI thing is like kind of they threw people a bone. Whereas the S D card and it's like a nice to have S D card yeah.
0: feels more like i've been burned by the hdmi thing though you know dragging my my mac into a in, into a conference room and then going wait i thought you guys had an apple tv in here what's going on and then i have to you know jerry rig something and hope that i i remember to bring my dongle on my briefcase you know yeah well
2: i got burned once and i uh, i proceeded to keep a dongle in my travel bag after that <laughs> so you live I you learn well
0: <laughs> yes indeed Apple's also selling the MacBook Air for two hundred fifty dollars off. It starts at eight fifty, and the MacBook Pro at ten ninety nine on their refurbished store. So refurbished Air and MacBook Pros, um, pretty good deal. Do you think this is the best deal in tech? Yes. Right I know it's is. a slow news week. Will. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> we're talking about used computers being up for sale.
2: <laughs> I have to, I have to, I have to consider. Like, I'm so used to getting even a better discount having worked for Apple or knowing people um, that, yeah, I had to think about it for a second, but yeah, for the, for the average person. Yes, I do think that I think it's the MacBook air is an absolute amazing machine bargain for under a thousand dollars. Uh,
0: I've, I've purchased refurbished before from Apple. My last MacBook was refurbished. I ended up returning it because within two weeks of buying that, the M one came out. But I needed a MacBook for something. That's why I had it. But uh, I've had a good re- experience with refurbished products from Apple. They they, they look as oh, good yeah. as new. Not too many charge cycles on the battery. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think if you're in the market for a new M1 machine, whether it be the Air or the Pro, I think it's a great deal.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Um, I learned, I think maybe while I was at Apple, that sometimes the refurb machines are more reliable because they get picked apart individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apple, Apple specifically as a company, you know, they, they do a rigorous overview of all that. And so that's always stuck with me in my head about refurb product. I've never had an issue. I think there's a stigma with a lot of people with refurb, but um, you know, people that have asked my advice about buying X thing on Amazon or whatever, yeah. there are certain companies like Best Buy,
0: We've seen some horror stories with Amazon. Like, they should be, like, cracked iPhones and things. I've never
2: had a bad experience like that. But I'll, but then again, I think I kind of know what to get refurb and what not to. Like, if it's a cord, okay, refurb, okay, you know, it probably just was opened and then put back in the thing and it's still working fine or whatever. But, like, if it's something more delicate, like... An iPhone. Yeah, I would have more uh hesitancy.
0: Well here's a funny story for you, Will. Apple tells Epic Games it doesn't have Scott Forstall's phone number. <laughs> Just that headline alone is intriguing. So we have this, this lawsuit, this ongoing lawsuit between uh Epic Games and Apple. It's a whole antitrust thing going on. Uh Epic is not content with being able to question CEO Tim Cook for seven hours. We reported on that last week. Um, they're saying they want to get in contact with former iOS SVP Scott Forstall. So they're saying they want to question Scott Forstall. They're saying uh, being a former employee and it's rumored that he's, he, he's actually fired. They said uh, Mr. Forstall's testimony would hurt its case. Apple could rely on him and didn't have to fear that he might seize this opportunity to cleverly and truthfully under oath settle some accounts. Why would Apple have played these kinds of games with Epic? Hmm.
2: This is a this is this is a complicated situation, right? On several <laughs> different levels. Um first of all, I'm not comfortable, super comfortable commenting on my personal opinion on the Epic and Apple stuff because I have it's friends a that yeah, I have friends that work at both companies, um, and because it's based here, about just a few miles from my house, um, and so I have local people that work there. Um, but that being said, uh, Scott Forstall, I had this opinion of him for a while, right? He's just—he's yeah. just like you know. You see, you seen the 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 gifs and the memes and the crazy eyes and whatever <laughs> be the case, right? But then I watched his uh his interview two years ago. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, the, the the Hour of Code interview.
2: I think so. Whatever the recent one was where he was sitting with him mm-hmm. and my opinion of him changed um after I watched that interview. After the and interview. I had a lot more respect um for him and got to hear his perspective of, of things. Um and so yeah, it was very interesting to hear all the things that he did and pushed for and how instrumental he was on mm-hmm. the iPad and the iPhone. And so that in itself the to hear that he was fired definitely sounded like a personal type situation.
0: Yeah. And it's still it's still not out there that whether he was fired or he resigned.
2: Right, right. And so whatever either one it was like I think it was more of a personal thing than it was a professional thing um but that being said i'm sure because of that the 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 no-alls at apple uh probably are antsy about anything having to do with him
0: well we've heard reports from inside apple saying that you know there was a whole internal fight and that one of the reasons why we didn't get airdrop until iOS 7 was because scott Forstall was not for it he said it would be too complicated for the mundane user
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: And so when you hear things like that, you're like, "Well, did Apple move in the right direction um, yeah, by getting rid of I Scott Forstall?"
2: Right. I mean, that's a specific example, but I think yeah. you could pull out way more positive examples of yeah, what he Yeah, you could pick influenced. and choose different things. But he's been he has been a very enigmatic person and figure very for private. the last decade, and so like in a sense you know, that interview, the reason I have held that opinion for so long, because there was literally nothing that he said or did or came out about him until that interview, and that was like nine years, I think, after things went down. Yeah. And so, um, that, that whole thing is sticky, the epic Apple thing is sticky, it's just like, it's, it feels, it's, feels somewhat petty. Yeah. Uh, but but That's about okay so, I can...
0: so not not commenting on that. This is this is kind of the funny. I know there's a whole can of worms like you said you have friends on both sides. But but just to just to kind of unwrap the silly part of it because this is kind of funny. It says, "Quote, when Epic requested that Apple provide Mr. Forstall's last known address and contact information, Apple initially provided a PO box and a Twitter handle. <laughs> Apple represented that it was not authorized to share Mr. Fall's phone number." And later stated that it did not believe it was in possession of Mr. Forstall's current phone number. So Apple's like Forstall's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. He's changing his number. He's trying to get away from him. Distance himself.
2: Yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's it's so weird. But, I mean, yeah. To an extent, it's it's funny because you have these pro, pro, pro companies. Like, literally some of the most powerful companies in the world that are having, like, a little cat fight uh you know and so in that aspect it's funny but it's also like really uh just i guess it is a slow news rate right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you're in luck will because it's time for get to know the pro <laughs>
2: i have no idea what's about to happen
0: our, our audio guys are gonna add some cheesy game in there.
2: oh
1: wow okay <laughs>
0: It's time for Get to know the pro Will Sigmund Come on down <laughs>
1: One dollar One dollar
0: <laughs> Alright so It's ten questions You have to answer them As quickly as you can You ready? Yeah One has to go iPhone or iPad
2: iPhone or what? iPad
0: iPhone or iPad One of them has to go Uh,
2: uh iPad
0: Silver or space gray? Silver or mouse? Would you rather live without Wi-Fi for a year or have an iPad mini be the only device you're allowed to use for six months? It's a cellular model yeah, that is it. iPad mini okay. Spotify or Apple Music.
2: Mm, I waver uh, I, I I can't make a decision on that. I think Amazon. right now Apple so your it. decision's
0: Amazon <laughs> 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 Amazon Music one has to go, Twitter or Reddit?
2: Uh, mm. Reddit.
0: Aux cable all day or Bluetooth all the things?
1: Bluetooth all the things.
0: AirPods Max, win or fail?
1: Overall, win.
0: Pages or Microsoft Word? Pages. Apple TV remote, win or fail? Win. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Why is it a win, Will?
2: You know, it's funny. I see people complaining about it all the time. Uh, but in my immediate circle, and I, I'm saying this. Uh, so, like, my dad and stepmom, my mom and stepdad, Cassie and I, and Cassie's family, mm-hmm. all have Apple TV and varying degrees of technological experience, right? None of them complain about it. And for me, like, I personally always enjoyed the Apple TV remote. Could it be better? Sure. But, like, I don't have an issue with it. And it's always baffled me why people Everyone in my
0: family hates that remote. That's why I asked this question.
2: Okay. Very interesting. (laughs) Okay.
0: Thanks for playing Get to Know the Pro, though, Will.
2: Yes, indeed. That was fun.
0: It's funny enough, we talked about uh, the Apple TV remote on last week's episode with Ralph Theodori of Vectornator. And we kind of chuckled to ourselves. We were saying, we're complaining about a remote that's too responsive.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I, and I think that's that's the issue is Apple tried to bring this level of precision that they had mastered within the last decade with multi-touch and sort of translate that to the television. And we were talking about how sometimes that level of precision is annoying when it's something that sits on your on your couch and it falls and it moves around and touches cushions and you're accidentally pausing things. Um, I don't find Siri to be very reliable. I never use Siri anymore. Really? On the on the Apple TV. I do shout at my HomePod to go back a couple seconds sometimes.
2: So, like, I try to push myself to use Siri, even though I, I know it's not always the best for certain things, but uh, I do use it for all my HomeKit stuff. And on the Apple TV, I definitely use it for search. And nine times out of ten, it works great.
0: Siri is like the stepbrother that never follows through. You're like, yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there, and he never shows up. <laughs> like he's gonna help you move out of your apartment and he doesn't show up on time.
2: <laughs> I really wish and hope that Apple not only improves it, I really am hoping this year, maybe I don't know, maybe it's a long shot. Two things I really, really, really want to see out of Apple this year. A rehaul of photos back in, like ability to to for better. Family sharing and um, nice, yeah. just having a lot of the features that Google Photos have, and I would love to see a, uh, a screen-based Siri device like uh, a Google Home Hub, which I like have on mess. my desk currently. That would be yes. interesting, huh? I love looking at my photos, and I have everything kind of auto going to Google Photos, and do you I love think seeing that. Would ever them, you know, do
0: that though? Given that you yeah. could just dock an iPad.
2: Yeah, I mean, I totally do. I think, you know, you can you could have asked the same thing about the HomePod Mini, right? They they yeah. they dipped their toe to see how far they could go and they realized it wasn't necessarily practical. I think the same thing about an iPad. Like, that's not really a practical it's not really a practical thing to expect people to buy an iPad just to display photos, right?
0: Yeah. So, it would be, in your mind it would be cheaper than an iPad. It would be like 199.
2: I think it would be like it would it would probably end up being like 179 yeah. I always kind of like think of what the, the price tags. I want it to be. <laughs> yeah. And mm. I think about the price I want it to be, and then I usually add about 30 bucks to it. So I would want <laughs> it to be like 150 That's, that's the
0: Apple tags. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for helping us unwrap the tech of the day. Let the people know where they can find you. Where can they oh, find yes.
2: you, Will? They can find me all over the place. Um... I recently updated my bios on different things. So, uh are you familiar with Linktree?
0: I, I you keep sending me links to it, but I don't open them.
2: Okay. Well, I appreciate that first of all. Secondly, no, uh <laughs> No, I, I you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WSIG. Um and then from there, both my bios have uh all the other places that you can find me on, online, YouTube, etc.
0: Yep. Cool. Well, Sigmund, everybody, thanks for coming on.
2: Thanks for having me. I uh, look forward to maybe joining you again in the future.
0: Awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll surely have you back in the future. Thanks for unwrapping the tech of today with us here on App Philosophy Weekly. I'm your host, Bram Shank. You can find me on the Twitter. That's at Bram Shank. That's B-R-A-H-M-S-H-A-N-K. That's me, Bram Shank. Follow me on Twitter to stay up to date on the latest news, and you'll know right when our next episode drops. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you again next week.